Welcome, guys and gals, the Man Talk Show. I'm Connor Beaton, and on this week's midweek mini episode, uh, we're going to have some contemplative thoughts and uh, talk about the hilarious irony of what would Jesus do. <laughs> uh, this this came up in a conversation with one of my clients the other day, and we were talking about how he was raised religious and how he used to go to church every Sunday. And his mom would take him there, and he wasn't really too sure why he needed to be there, what really the point of it was, but it seemed pretty important to his parents, and so he went along with it. And he would go to church with his mom and his dad, and they would go as a family, his little brother would go with them. You know, they would learn some lessons, sing some songs, hear some stories, you know, some uh, stories based on morality and, you know, how to maybe act in life. And then they would go home. And in the, on the drive home, he every single time would see his parents argue. And he would see his father become angry and contemptuous and disrespectful to his mother. And he thought, well, isn't religion then just a joke? Right? Isn't, <laughs> aren't the stories uh, of things like Christianity and the Bible or Buddhism and the Tao Te Ching Aren't these things just then not serious stories? They mustn't be something that we should listen to. They should, maybe they're just uh, fake. Maybe they're all lies because my parents don't seem to live them, right? They don't seem to live the teachings that we were just taught. It's like going to class and learning mathematical equations and then going out of class and literally doing them wrong, even though you know the answer. Even though you know that when one plus one equals two, you go out into the world and you say that one plus one equals 11 or 19 or X <laughs> and, you make, and you make things up and you don't do it the way that you've been taught to and you ignore the stories and you ignore the wisdom that was actually being taught to you in class. And many of us have had this experience, right? Even, even if we are still religious in some capacity, or even if we're not at all, and we think that religion is a joke. All of us have seen this experience where we meet very deeply connected, God-loving people, spiritual people, people who consider themselves to be very faith-based or religious. And they seem to be so angry. They seem to be angry at the cashier at the McDonald's or the Starbucks drive-through window. They seem to be angry at you for driving next to them. They seem to be angry at their wives and husbands as they're exiting the parking lot of the Whole Foods. They're just upset. They just they're they are unconscious. They're living not the teachings of the religion or the faith or the spirituality that they've been taught because the wisdom of what's in those parables is actually quite profound, right? Just take something as simple as what would Jesus do? The main premise of this question is very, very simple. The main premise is Jesus Christ was apparently uh, the son of God, and he had pretty much one teaching. And that one teaching, you could, pretty, you could pretty much distill it all down into one simple phrase, which is love yourself like God because you're a, he created you, it created you, and love thy neighbor as if they were you, right? Love every, and, you, and by, by your neighbor, it means everything. 
right? Christ, like Jesus meant everything. He didn't mean like love the literal person next to me, but then hate the person that's down the block because of their skin color or because of the language that they speak or because of the country that they came from. No, he literally meant love abso-freaking-lutely everyone all the time, all the time. Love everyone all the time. That's what Jesus would do. And the Buddha was the same way, right? He just didn't use those words. He said, the Tao that is called the Tao is not the Tao. He said, the path that is the way is not the way. And so he was trying to teach people in the reverse order. He was simply trying to teach people that if you try and label things and say that this certainly is the way to go, it creates suffering because you desire to be attached to that outcome. You desire to be attached to being right. And so he gave up being right. And in that way, it allowed him to love literally everything and everyone, every thought that he had, every experience that he undertook, poverty, right? Seeing and and working with people who were sick and, and poor in the streets, being able to love people that hated them. I mean, Jesus and the Buddha and every other true faith-based spiritual being that has come along, their message has simply been, hey, by the way, the answer is to love everything and everyone. That's it. And so the hilariousness of WWJD is that if you really answered that question, in every single situation, the answer would be choose love. It would be choose love, not in a hippie way, right? Not in like a, a, a flagrant boundaryless way. It would be to choose love and compassion and empathy in every single situation for every single human being, for yourself and every single thought that you have. And to move into a space of self-respect and self-compassion and self-empathy and to practice that in every single moment. And then to practice that with every single one that you come into contact, into contact with, with every single human being that you look in the, in the eye and, you, and internally you just say, yeah, I love you and it's all okay. And I'm going to create boundaries. I have the, the choice to say no. I have the ability to not go along with hurtful and harmful things. I can peacefully disagree with you and your suffering. And I can choose a different way. I can choose to move in a different direction. I can choose love and kindness and compassion because I can see that you are trying to act out of pain and suffering. And that sometimes I do that too. I try and act out of pain and suffering. And we return to the essential teachings, the actual teachings of people like Christ or the Buddha or Krishna or Ramdas or Alan Watts or whoever it is that has spoken this message. The Beatles spoke this message, <laughs> right? Can't buy me love. They spoke this message constantly. Every great artist, every great spiritual being, Every, even almost to some degree, every single uh, great entrepreneur has, has said the message of we need to choose love and compassion. And you need to do it as often as humanly possible. 
And so the hilariousness of the choosing of the answer to what would Jesus do, which is he would choose love and compassion. Maybe it would be boundaries. Maybe it would be saying no, but for, for sure, it would be from a loving place. When we act on that, when we execute on that repeatedly, it moves us into a more abundant, more grounded, more present, more loving, more joyful, more empathetic and compassionate space because we stop choosing hate and we stop choosing anger and we stop acting unconsciously and we stop reacting from a place of contemptuousness and resentment and trying to one-up someone or get them back. And we move into a place of compassionate understanding of everyone around us. And that's the path. If there could be one that is named, right? If there could be a path that's as close as to naming it as we can get without saying, hey, this is the actual way towards some form of, of absolute enlightenment. Because again, as the Buddha said, the way that is called the way is not the way. The Tao that is called the Tao is not the Tao. It's not about labeling that that's the way. That doesn't matter. The label doesn't matter, right? The actual cognitive saying of, hey, I consciously understand that this is the path. That doesn't matter. It's actually living it, living it in every single moment that we possibly can, choosing to live it, choosing to embody it, choosing to notice our reactivity and our anger that comes up in our relationship that causes us to lose our temper, noticing our reactivity to our boss when they haven't given us the validation for a project that we have been working on so hard and to be able to swallow our pride and go to them and simply say, hey, I worked really hard on this project. What are your, what are your real thoughts? And to hear what they have to say openly, to not feel rejected, to receive whatever it is that they have to offer and to choose repair in every single moment. And it seems like a large task when we put it out like that, right? Because immediately our mind goes to, how do I continuously do that every single moment for the rest of my life, however many years I have left? And it tries to quantify the amount of decisions that it would take to do that. And immediately it's met with a quagmire of not being able to compute what that looks like. It's, it's actually met its computational bandwidth. And the mind can't understand what the heart knows. The heart knows that this is the right course of action to take. And the, and the mind gets stuck trying to linearly, linearly com- compute, rationalize, and analyze how that structure and path will unfold. And that is why the Buddha said the Tao that is called the Tao is not the Tao. Because the mind can't comprehend the path that is called the path. As soon as you lay it out, the mind tries to turn it into some computational uh, mathematical symbol, some mathematical structure, right? Some, some uh, designed and architectural pattern that it can say, okay, I know how to produce that specific result. I know how to choose love in every single moment. But you don't right now because it's not something that your brain can figure out. It is something that our heart, that our soul, that our spirit, whatever it is that you believe that is outside your intuition, right? Einstein said that 
the rational mind is a faithful servant and the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and we have built and designed a culture that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. We have forgotten the gift. And how we come back to that gift is by choosing love. And we become, as Ramdas said, loving awareness. In every moment, we become loving awareness in every moment. And as, as often as we can, we practice and we train and we experience discipline, not as a form of self-punishment when we get it wrong, but as a form of self-compassion when we get it wrong and as a form of self-love and appreciation when we get it right. And we reinforce over and over again, just like we would with a child. We reinforce over and over again how to move ourselves towards self-love and self-appreciation and choosing love and choosing healing and choosing a more mindful way of interacting and communicating with our spouse and our colleagues and the people that we meet on a daily basis at the coffee shop behind the counter, the, the barista working behind the counter. We learn how to interact in a different way, in a more compassionate, loving way. And that, my friends, is the irony of what would Jesus do?